Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode number 74, Friday, January 31st, 2020, and Super Bowl 54 weekend is upon us. It's been two weeks since the last Doggy Juice Pod episode. Things got pretty crazy on my end last week, so there was no pod at the end of last week, and then I was in Austin, Texas for the uh, for a good portion of this week. Um, but I'm glad to be back now to break down Sunday's big game. The plan was to release two episodes this week, a, a two-parter with a special episode focusing solely on Super Bowl props like we did last year, but the unbelievably sad and tragic news of the helicopter crash that took Kobe Bryant's life and the lives of eight others this past Sunday put a real damper on things at the beginning of the week, so I decided it was it was best to skip that plan altogether and Really quickly, before I dive in to the Super Bowl, I think it's important to touch first on Kobe and, and share some thoughts um, on my end. I Obviously, last Sunday was, was one of those days where you'll remember exactly where you were when you heard the news of that unspeakably tragic event. I, I was in an Uber from a taco place in East Austin, uh, passing right by the, the Texas State Capitol building, when I looked down at my phone and, and saw a text that I had from a friend, and it was it, it shocked me. I mean, I was so shocked in the moment, and you know, had to you know go on Google and, and see some of the other news sites. And you know, I, I was one of those many people who was hoping that you know this was just a hoax and, and not real. But then once it became clear that it was real and actually did happen, it was, it was shocking. And honestly, I I believe I speak for a lot of you here when I say that I still haven't really come to terms with it. It still feels like it's it's a very bad dream. Uh, Kobe was one of a kind. He had that rare competitiveness and and the drive really, I think it was only comparable to MJ, that Mamba mentality. He was one of those rare athletes who truly transcended the game uh, for over 20 years. He was the guy following in MJ's footsteps. And without, you know, he wasn't without his fair share of controversy, but it's undeniable how big of a footprint that he made on basketball, the city of Los Angeles itself, and the entire world. I mean, the world... I believe, has really never seen a collective depression like it did early this week. I mean, certainly it's on the short list of in that regard. But in today, you know, it's easier to share thoughts with people and, and uh, communication so easy. I think just it all happened so fast and everybody you just saw, like it just it, it brought a cloud over the entire world in, in a way that I've never seen in my life before. I mean, there's been some notable celebrity deaths in, in my lifetime and, and in your lifetime. Uh, but but this one's right up there um, at the top in, in terms of just the shock value and, and just how tragic everything was. I mean, um, you know, especially given the nature of what happened. And Kobe, he did, you know, just as much for the game of basketball, which is my person. Basketball is my favorite sport. And I grew up, you know, idolizing Michael Jordan. And Kobe came in the league and, and you know, right at the tail end of MJ's career. And, and he took those reins and, and, I think he did just as much for the game as, as Jordan and anyone in the history of the game, really. But um, he also did so much for the community and, and his post-playing days were just <clears throat> just getting started. He even won an Academy Award last year. You know, People forgot about that, but he was very talented. I mean, one of my favorite stories I heard was Kobe, obviously, he, he grew up in Italy. His dad was a professional basketball player, so he spoke fluent Italian, so it was always cool to hear him speak that. But I heard a story about Lu- Luka Doncic was playing in a game and, uh, you know, he heard someone like kind of like telling him, you know, or, or talking shit to him um, like on the sidelines in one of his games in Slovenian, because obviously he's uh, from Slovenia. And 
He looked over after a while. He's like, who's this guy that keeps yelling at me in Slovenian? And he looks over, and it's Kobe yelling at him in Slovenian. So just a worldly guy, you know, a person who's very multi-talented at many things. And, and um, you know, it's just sad because his, his post-playing days were just getting started. And I was listening to an interview with Coach David Thorpe, um, who's really renowned by players. He takes a lot of players under his wing and is one of the, one of the best coaches out there. And I thought he summed up Kobe's basketball legacy perfectly. He it looked like the average NBA player at the time, you know, six foot six, six foot seven, long, athletic, but he outworked everyone. And that inspired other players to work harder just to keep up and just to prepare for him. And not only did Kobe have that rare talent that you need, you know, to be a star, but he also had that rare work ethic and that rare killer mentality, that X factor, that Mamba mentality. And the combination of all three of those are what made him who he was. So we we don't see players like that. That's a once in a generation player where you see all three of those, you know, cause a lot of players have that rare talent. Or, I mean, not many have that rare talent. You know what I'm saying? But you know, there's, there's a few, but to have that combination of you know, your competitive drive, like he had getting up at 4am every morning just to get better. That's, that's what separated him from everybody else. Just having everything in spades. And, uh, it's it's just tragic. My heart my heart crushes for his wife Vanessa and, and his other daughters, along with the other families of the other passengers who were lost in that helicopter ride. The whole situation really put things into perspective for me, as I'm sure it did for a lot of you at the beginning of the week, and it still does now. So it was really hard to pay attention to betting or even think about anything else other than Kobe at the start of the week and his legacy will live on long after my days are gone, and I hope that everyone impacted by the tragedy takes solace in the fact that that he went out doing what he loved, being with his daughter and supporting her, and his legacy will live on, and he touched so many lives, I mean, countless lives, and he will be missed, and this is it's hard to even talk about this right now, but I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Kobe Bryant at the start of this podcast, so prayers to you, Kobe, prayers to Kobe's family, rest in peace, you were the absolute best. What can I say? Mamba out. There really isn't an artful way to segue from that, but in this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod, I'm going to break down the Super Bowl matchup between the Chiefs and 49ers, let you know what I'm thinking for the big game, and offer some prop bets. And also, last night I sat down with our very own Danimal to hear how he thinks the game's going to play out, so uh, we'll also dive into a few of his favorite prop bets as well. So let's get right to it. Super Bowl 54 kicks off at 6.30 Eastern Time, 5.30 Central Time on Sunday, and the Chiefs are one-and-a-half-point favorites against the 49ers. Both of these teams deserve to be here. And when you look at at the stats over the course of the year, um, Kansas City, the AFC's number two seed, they rank second in in, uh, total DVOA at Football Outsiders. San Francisco, the number one in the NFC, they were fifth in DVOA. both teams finish near the top in, in, uh, in net yards per play, which is a really key stat that odds makers use. Uh, they finished two and number two and three in net yards per play. Interestingly, the Dallas Cowboys were number one in that. Um, and it wasn't even that. I think they're, they're close to – the 49ers were close to them there, but, uh, but then the Chiefs came back and they were number three there. But uh, both these teams – I mean, you're looking at the best offense in the NFL. I mean, all respects to, to the Ravens. And, and Lamar Jackson, what they did this year, but in terms of passing attacks, you know, that's it's the Chiefs. They're they're at the top, and they're going up against obviously the Niners and that that strong dominating defense 
that really you know turned some heads early on in the year and, and emerged as one of the best units in, in all of football. Um, not to toot my own horn here, but we were all over the 49ers here at Doggy Juice Pod headquarters before the season started. When I joined Bet Chicago as a writer at the end of July last year, one of the first articles I did for them was making the case for the 49ers as this year's turnaround team uh, a month before the season even started. And I advocated for them in the betting markets, recommended uh, betting on them to win the division at plus 525 odds, make the playoffs at plus 225, plus 240 in that range, and also go over the season win total, which was closed at eight with with a lot of juice on the over. Um, And I I said back then they were a legitimate dark horse to make it deep this year. Now here we are. That's how it played out. And now Coach Kyle Shanahan's team is one win away from winning the Super Bowl, but they face off against Mahomes and the Chiefs team that was expected to contend right from the start. Um, the most fascinating matchup, as we all know, not breaking any news here, but it's going to be Mahomes in that the Chiefs passing game against the 49ers uh, pass defense. You can also say the X factor in this game, though, is going to be how well Jimmy G performs on the big stage. He's obviously going to have to make some plays here. He, that's like the obviously the narrative here heading into the game is the lack of action that he really saw in the playoffs. Shanahan just went to the ground game, but Jimmy G's defense, he really didn't have to throw much because the running game was so good with Mostert and and uh, their their zone run scheme that they run. So Jimmy G wasn't needed as much. He's going to be needed to win this Super Bowl. Um, and I wrote about this game, a game preview for Bet Chicago and Bet Indiana News, and made a case why each team can win on Sunday. From a numbers perspective, this game is almost exactly spot on from a point spread uh, perspective right where I have it. Totals-wise, I made the total right around 51.5, which is where it did open. So I do think there's a tick of value on the under at 54.5, 55.5, where it stands now as I record this on Friday. Uh, but my angle will be getting after the first half under. I've talked about this in, in past Super Bowls. Uh, last year I touched on the pod um, was on that first half under as well. I'm hoping for 28 for a stronger position, but 27 is fine for a bit less. I don't really think we'll see the 28 at, at reasonable VIG. Um, but you never know heading into game day because this is that one game of the year where the public can truly, the public can move a line and you get all that over money heading into the game. You just never really know exactly what's going to happen, especially you know, some sharp money follow suit as well. Although sharps tend to bet the stuff early when the numbers are off and they look at the total. There's a lot of sharp money moved it up to where it's at right now. Um, I'm, I'm sitting personally with a small Chiefs plus or uh, eight to one ticket. That I made, um, I think it was, I mean, I could look up the date on that ticket, but I did it uh, right around the time. It was after Mahomes came back from his his bout with injuries mid-season, but I was able to get the Chiefs at 8-1. to one. It was a rogue number at the time that I just put in. It's not a big play, but, um, but I also have some open teasers with the Chiefs from the championship round that I'm going to look to fill in. I'm going to do that with the 49ers at plus 7.5, crossing the key numbers of 3-7. and seven. So for me personally, I'll be rooting for the, at least from a money-making standpoint, uh, for the Chiefs to win by less than seven or by seven or less. I'll scoop everything in that scenario. But I won't be mad if I won't be mad one bit if the 49ers win this whole thing. Um, they can certainly win it. I think it's going to be a great game. So I think this one's, if you're looking to take a big pre-flop position in this game, I think you're probably doing yourself a disservice. I think you're, this game is really ripe. If you're looking to play the spread, really ripe for in-running. I think you should look to bet live in this one, see how the teams come out early on, and look to bet it live, um, especially now as live betting just gets so much easier and more popular too. So... Wouldn't really recommend a position, but I know it's the Super Bowl. Everybody wants some skin in the game. So um, 
in terms of in terms of Super Bowl betting strategy, another thing I've touched on in the past, talked about it in past podcasts, is in big games like this where you see tons of public action. The Super Bowl is the prime example. Um, you see, so you often see underdog money line, the, the phenomenon with the underdog underdog money line, um, where public betters, you know, they usually during the course of the season they'll they'll take the points with the underdogs, but for whatever reason in the Super Bowl, people love betting the plus money on the money line, especially when you get a, a little bit of a bigger spread and you get a better payout, like the Eagles against the Patriots a few years ago. Um, you saw that happen. But when that public money comes in on the underdog money line, it usually opens up betting value on the favorite when you convert the numbers. And I, I encourage you always, when you make your bets, if you're looking to do money line for spread, to go to the spread money line converter on Sportsbook Review. You just Google that, Sportsbook Review, spread money line converter. You convert the odds to see... Uh, what the money line should be in proportion to what the spread is, you know, by sport. You can toggle it by sport. But um, you see a phenomenon here where the favorites end up having some money line value just because of all that that underdog uh, money line play. But that might not be the case this year just because the spread is so tight. And obviously the, the spread was sitting at, at minus one for most of the week. Now it's ticked up to Chiefs one and a half. But it's, you know, it's a small, small plus money on, on the Niners on the money line. So don't really think you're seeing that as much this year, but I would highly recommend if you're looking to take the Chiefs to wait around and take the money line. There'd be nothing worse than winning by one, especially when you could have had, you could have laid a point the entire week. You know, if you're laying, if you're late to the party and you're laying a point and a half, I would wait out for sure and bet the money line at, at its, you know, shop around and try and find the cheapest price. I've seen my, I see minus one twenties out there today on the Chiefs money line. So definitely don't want to get burned by that. Lay the point and a half and then see a situation where they, you know, where they win by one. So besides that, I don't think we'll see that phenomenon as much this year. But it is important to note that with a higher total in this game, you know, I'm seeing a 55 and a half at some spots. There is a wider range of potential outcomes in this one, and as such, when it's pretty prudent to look at alternate lines in this one, especially if you can find some rogue numbers where you get a nice plus price. Maybe look for a team, you know, to lay, lay minus six and a half with the team, so if they win by a touchdown, which is you know, happens pretty often in, in NFL games. You could scoop up a nice plus price. So if you're looking to, you know, bet a team on you know just the spread, I think maybe a little bit of diversification with an alternate line on them at minus six and a half. Maybe even if you could find like minus three and a half, minus four and a half too. But I like the minus six and a half just because you win on a on a touchdown. Uh, obviously, you're going to see more of a plus price uh, when when you're going even further up above a touchdown. But uh, that's that's what I would recommend doing for anyone who's really looking to get involved. I'm playing, but definitely be sure to shop around for the best numbers. Um, moving on to Super Bowl props. Like I said earlier, the Super Bowl is the one betting event where the public can truly move a line, and and that happens with props too. Just the sheer volume of recreational money can can move the props, and you you see this every year. And I touched on this last year. Um, as betters, there are certain tenets that we should follow every Super Bowl when it comes to the props, and I wrote about this one for. Bet Chicago, Bet Indiana News as well. Um, really enjoyed writing this one too because it's it's my whole philosophy on, on Super Bowl prop betting. But um, it's titled "Where Sharps Find Value," and and in that I you know I touch on some prop betting tips. And the first one is don't don't just swing for the fences. Obviously, your typical better wants to bet a little to win a lot, um, which makes sense. It's just that lottery ticket mentality. You know, no one wants to risk too much, but they want to win a lot. But the problem is you're usually, you know, you're getting, especially in the Super Bowl, when the whole public's betting on props like that. So a good example is, is the will there be a safety? 
uh, people see that plus 900 and, and they think of some other recent safeties in Super Bowls, so they would want to bet 10 bucks to win 90 that there is a safety. And they drive that number down. And so you can find, you know, on the other side of the bet, you know, if you're willing to lay it on no safety, you might be able to get, you know, lay $9 to win $1 on safety. And in the long term, that's betting value, just when you look at the total amount of safeties in, in games. So uh, just examples like that. Just be wary of swinging for the fences because you are definitely not getting the best of the number, especially if you're betting late on this stuff. But in the Super Bowl, that's what the public's betting, those 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 big plus prices. And along those lines, avoid index bets. And index bets are kind of like pool props, you know, like your um, first player to score a touchdown, first player to score in the first half, or like margin of victory, will team win by zero to three points, four to six, seven to nine, et cetera. Those look enticing because they... You could see a nice payout in those, a nice plus price, but these are like needle in the haystack type of bets, and and they allow books to hide a lot of vig. So usually, I mean, even like thirty to forty percent of extra vig that you don't even notice um, in in these types of pool props. So the amount that you're going to win when you do take those are like way lower than what the true odds are and what you should be winning in those types of bets. So be wary of those. I understand that they're fun to make in some of these home run hits. I mean, it's the Super Bowl. If you're throwing a little pizza money down to these bets. Not telling you not to. It's that one event of the year where it's fun, and and I love having some of those like small bets. But don't expect to win those, and in the long run, you're just not going to just because of the the vig taken out in those. So try to avoid index bets. And on the flip side, the converse of that is seek out those two way bets, the over unders and the yes no props, because the books can't hide extra vigorish in those bets. You see what the their straddle is just by looking at the prop itself in that scenario. So you, there's only one outcome. You're either going to win or you're going to lose, or obviously push on those over-unders or yes-no wagers. So those are the ones you really should be seeking to play. Luckily, these are really popular, so there's tons of them out there, but you just know going into it what the VIG is on those. So those are the ones you really should be seeking to play, the over-unders and the yes-nos. And then finally, the other thing that I touch on, this makes logical sense when you think about it. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out, but if you're looking to bet the over, you want to bet it earlier in the week. If you're looking to bet the under, uh, you, you probably want to wait till the end just because that public money, like I said, that moves the line. Uh, usually people bet the overs and the yeses and because it's what they want to see. They want to see more scoring. They want to see more action. They want to see their favorite players do well. And that usually opens up. You see a lot of line moves on these props where you can get some good value betting the unders um, at, at the end of the week right, right before the game kicks off. And this does open up arbitrage opportunities. That's what a lot of professional bettors do. They travel around. Look, because books vary depending on their own exposure and their own feelings of, of the props. So you could find, like, you know, by shopping around, and every book's hanging uh, prop bets, obviously, so you could shop around and find, like, 10, 15-yard discrepancies on certain players' totals. Like, uh, you know, if you look at, like, for an example, like Raheem Mostert, I think his his rush yards prop was open, like, 17 yards lower at William Hill than it was at the Westgate. So you could just arbitrage right away, and that's what a lot of pros do, just, you know, bet both sides and, and go for that middle, and, and that's that's a good thing to do. If you're looking to bet overs early on, I mean, that's a good strategy to have. Look to bet the overs early and the unders late. I know plenty of people that do that, um, but I think you're going to do yourself a disservice if you're looking to bet the overs right before kickoff, or if you're betting the unders early on. And obviously, that's a black. There's no black and white you know, way to do it, but and in general, that definitely applies. In terms of the pregame Super Bowl props, we've seen some movement on the color of the Gatorade. Um, it's it's moved to purple. Obviously, I think this, it was steamed down from like 8 to 1 down to plus 120. I think some books have already even taken it off the board because 
uh, Kobe Bryant tributes. People think that teams are going to have purple Gatorade to pay tribute to Kobe, pour it on the winning coach. Makes sense when you think about it, but I saw some books pull that off their board completely. I even saw some books um, offer, not even offer purple anymore, which is kind of shady when you think about it, but there was heavy steam on that purple. And in some of these pregame props, when you see heavy steam on, on this stuff, that's usually your winner. I mean, I can almost say with certainty. When you see like you know, something that was sitting at plus money, all of a sudden jump up to minus 400, minus 500. And you, you see this with the Oscars at the Academy Awards, which are next weekend, next week's episode. I'm going to uh, break down the Oscars. But you see that when, when especially like in award shows, stuff like that, when someone knows the answer and someone's betting accordingly. And those you know, usually get taken off the board pretty damn quick. But in terms of like the color of the Gatorade or any pregame props, uh, when you see heavy steam like that, that's that's your winner right there. And that it's probably going to happen tomorrow with Demi Lovato. She's going to practice the national anthem and and expect a sharp move on the national anthem books. Maybe even pull it down on Saturday after she does that practice because people are going to know the answer. I personally think she milks it, uh, especially given her recent troubles that she's had. She's probably really going to grasp the the attention on Sunday. Check out the YouTube video of Demi Lovato, her national anthem before the Mayweather-McGregor fight. She milks the shit out of it, and, and she really does. I mean, she does a terrific job, too. I thought she was great. Um, so I recommend taking an early position on the over. I saw two minutes and three seconds on that. We'll see where the steam ends up going on Saturday after the practice, but I could see a situation where, where this gets steamed up after a practice. So I think an early position on the two minutes, three seconds, um, otherwise, you know, maybe wait to see where the steam goes and try. This is one one of the days of the year where I should recommend like chasing the steam. You know, you're not gonna be able to get down as much on these. Obviously, the limits are small, but more often than not, the overwhelming majority of the time, uh, you see the steam, and, and that's the winner. I mean, I think the only exception I could really think of off the top of my head was last year in the Oscars. There's heavy steam on one of the directors. Like he went from like 25 to one to like three to one in like the 24 hours before the uh, the Oscars, but he ended up not winning. So. Not always the case, not always true. And, and, you know, in that case last year, I think there was people saying that there was potentially a, a large group that was dumbing up the line uh, to mess around with the books. You know, there, that could have been the case. So got to be wary. Never bet what you or always bet what you can afford to lose. But like I said, that's the steam's usually the winner in these. All right, before I jump into my own props, let's jump into the interview I had yesterday with the Danimal. All right, ladies and gents, he is back, the real star of the Doggy Juice Pod. If you were following his picks this year in college football in the NFL, he made you some nice coin on the podcast. The Danimal is back. How's it going, dude? What is up, everybody? It is going well. Thanks for having me. Super Bowl came fast, but I'm ready, I guess. Yeah, here we are, man. Um, so, like, what we'll do really quick here is we'll just, I want to hear your uh, prediction for the game and how you think it's going to play out, and then... Um, you're gonna Danimal's gonna offer his three or your three favorite props or just three of them that you like a lot right yeah, just, now, right? Yeah, just three that I found this morning while not working. <laughs> hey, when you were not working, like to your your employer's gonna suffer, but the doggy juice pod listeners are all gonna benefit. So exactly, hopefully. that's how it's meant to be. All right, well, let's start out with your game preview. So obviously, this line has we're recording this Thursday night. Um, the lines ticked up to Chiefs minus one and a half consensus right now. Uh, the total, and I'm seeing a lot of, some places are up to 55 and a half. I'm seeing a lot of 54 and a halves out there. So it's in that general pocket. 
Um, what are you, what are your thoughts on, on the spread and the total here, and, and how do you see the game playing out someday? Yeah, well, to preface it, I will give Doggy Juice a little credit. I, I don't think it was on the pod at any point. It might have been, but you were all in on the Niners all offseason. Um, I don't know if you ever published all your preseason flops on the Niners or you I, hinted at I them. I did, yeah, yeah. But it was like just one, like one of the first articles I wrote for uh, Bet Chicago. But it, I didn't give out f- the freaking Super Bowl because I, I remember like seeing them at like 25 to 1 right before the season kicked off and I knew that I could have had a better number, so I was like stubborn and decided to just keep you know the division odds and the you know like the season wins and like to make the playoffs and stuff. But I never bet a Super Bowl ticket on the Niners, but you did, right? Yeah, credit to Doggy Juice again. Um, sit on the fifteen to one ticket with the Niners, so that is obviously my rooting interest. And to be honest, I think it'd be my lean as well. I think they run the ball against a very poor Chiefs defense. And obviously, if they fall behind to Mahomes, who knows if Jimmy G will be able to throw his way back into it. But I hope that doesn't happen, so we don't have to worry about that. So I'm sitting on the Niners ticket, 15-1, to with the line so close. I mean, I'd probably still roll with the Niners. So I am all in on the Niners. I'll take the running game. I'll take the better defense and just hope Mahomes has an off night, I guess. So what's your plan with, like, the 15 to one ticket. I mean, I, I don't know how much it's for, but like, are you planning to like hedge back at all? Play a little bit on the chief's money line to lock in a profit. Or are you just going to roll with, uh, with what you got? Yeah, I'll play back a little on the chiefs. Um, and then I think uh, me, you and a couple of other idiots did some teasers last week, not realizing that there was only one game left in football season. <laughs> so, and we knew, and we knew it would be a tight line. So didn't really think that one through. So, um, I might, play back a teaser with the Niners as well and just hope for worst case if the Niners do lose they lose by less than seven to lock in multiple profits but yeah I'm not going to play back too much yeah it's uh, that's probably how I do it if I were you too I mean it's and we're on the same boat there like that with that teaser like I've, I've got some open teasers with the Chiefs last week and um the way I'm playing I, I have I do have a Chiefs ticket at eight to one for it's not for that much though just like I think it was like a half a unit to win like four units but um i think what i'm gonna do i'm not not like looking to hedge that or anything like that because i just want to root that ticket home but i think i'm gonna tie in those open teasers with the niners and just like you said root for numbers to fall it's pretty fun you know scoop up everything if if the chiefs can win this by uh by the touchdown or less but um so yeah we're, we're on the same boat there it seems like but in terms of props i know you have you have three that you really want to share here uh, so yeah, take it away. What's your what's your first one? Yeah, um, I was looking at the props all day, and obviously in the back of my mind, it is I need the Niners to win. So I was just like avoiding all Chiefs props in a way. Um, I was gonna go a lot of Chiefs under props, but that just is so hard to watch. Um, I was looking at some under Tyreek Hill props, and then the back of my brain was well. I'm hoping the Niners are going to be up. So they start throwing the ball. All my Chiefs unders lose. So instead, I'm looking at just some team game props. Um, Shortest touchdown under one and a half yard. I feel like this bet has kind of picked up some popularity in the last couple weeks, months, years. And obviously, you root for a PI in the end zone, and you pretty much lock that up. But at the same time, in a high-scoring game, Mm -hmm. that ups the probability as well. I read that last round of the playoffs, 
the shortest touchdown under one and a half happened 11 times in the last 14 championship games. So and overall this season, there's 13 short scores in Chiefs contests and 14 in 49ers games. So I obviously enjoy this bet, like it. My site stinks, so it's juicy at minus 150, but I think there's better out there. So that's my first one. Mm-hmm. Under 26 and a half of the jersey number of the first touchdown score will Ooh. be, I said, under. Reason being, takes a little searching, and you can see what players, obviously, have a jersey number on each 26 and a half. For the Chiefs, that cashes if Mahomes, Damian Williams, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, McCoy, Hardman, and Demarcus Robinson. The players nice. that screw you are Kelsey, Blake Bell, Darwin Thompson. For the Niners, players that cash it are Jimmy G, Emmanuel Sanders, Debo, Breida, Coleman. And the only people that screw you are Kittle, Mostert, and born so the moster kittle and travis kelsey scare me but i like my odds at the under there is, is that again uh, is that even money that or like that prop um something like minus, minus 110 each side or yeah mine's minus 135 but i'm pretty sure when i was doing some research it was about minus 110 minus 115 so pretty close to even no that's a good i like that just the only the one obviously that scares me is moster um you know especially the niners have the ball they're looking to score first pound on the rock early on but I mean that's that's why the value's opened up though, especially if it's closer to minus one ten. Um, definitely like that one. That's that's a really good, especially since you get one of the you get Damian Williams like you said on the Chiefs side there. Yeah, except I never know what Williams is running the ball with the same last name <laughs> and the same first initial. Right, that's so frustrating. And then the last one I have is um, Mostert over sixteen and a half carries again. Team Forty ers if they're winning, they should hit. Coleman's coming back, but. There's no way to see if Mostert's rushing well at all that he doesn't eclipse this number. Um, he had, what, like 40 rushes last week, it felt like. So if there's any sense of the Niners winning, over 16.5 for Mostert should not be that big of an issue. So those are the three I like. Nice, man. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel you on that, on that Mostert one, um, especially with, obviously, the Tevin Te- Coleman injury stuff. But, uh, no, it's good stuff. I, I, good stuff, especially with that jersey number one, too. I like it, man. All righty. Well, that's uh, you got any other thoughts for the game or any any last advice for the listeners uh, before we sign off here? Um, last advice would be eat as much as you can <laughs> and drink as much as you can because Monday's miserable. But I'm just hoping for a good game, obviously, because it's so overhyped that my negativity always seems when the game is supposed to be so good and never lives up to it. But I just don't see how this one doesn't unless – Chiefs just blow them out early, and the Niners cannot climb back in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's certainly possible. And with a big total like that, there's just a wider range of potential outcomes we could see. But uh, yeah, man, it's looking forward to it. Oh, I got one more last one. Sorry, oh, I don't know if it was on my site, but I got talked into by somebody a podcast I was listening to. Chiefs first um, possession punting. What are the, I just what are the odds I don't there? remember the exact odds on that let me see if i can quickly find it i'm just thinking that um chiefs go if they get the ball first first possession of every big game put a little little tight like come out a little tight i mean i I like that just from that angle just like teams coming out tight in the super bowl no one wants to make 
you know, the, that early mistake. It's the biggest stage these players have ever played on. And you hear like some quotes from ex players who played in Super Bowls. Like they, some, some of them like black out the entire first quarter or the entire first drive. They don't even remember it because the stage is so big. And, and so it makes sense from that angle. Maybe that, you know, the Chiefs, you know, they, they run it early. Obviously, the Niners defense is, is, is very good. So it's, you know, that's, it makes sense just from that angle. Of, you know, teams coming out slow. Exactly. Again, minus 122 on my site. So that means about minus 110 probably on everybody else's <laughs> site. So, and again, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's not ideal and it will be a, a butt clincher. But um, first possession, obviously, Andy Reid, good script. But yeah. you never know, one, one incompletion, one stuff run, third and 10, and they're punting and nobody's mad about an early punt. So that's just a coin flip. And I, I kind of lean towards it. No, that's that's a good one too. Especially with yeah, like Reed, that might be the reason why like that props you know so so cheap uh, on the punt, just because Reed and his you know obviously with coming off the bye, scripting plays, he's always going to have like fifteen twenty plays scripted for the first few drives. But um, no, that might be why we have some of that value too. All right, that is it. Sorry for the long winded explanation, but that's all I got. No, good stuff, man. All right, good luck with your bets, and uh, we'll be bringing you on again soon. You too. Go Niners. See ya. All right. Thank you very much, Danimal, and good luck on your bets in the Super Bowl. I'm just going to quickly touch on uh, some of the props that I like now. The first one is one that I play every damn year in the Super Bowl. It is whether or not a team is going to score three consecutive times, and, and I play the yes on that. I, I touch on this in that the Bet Chicago Bet Indiana News props article. But if there's one bet that the fools people every single year this is the one because public betters you know particularly in a game that's supposed to be really close like this one with a tight spread like you know almost a pick'em spread most people are shocked to see that the no is offered at a plus price and and that's the case i mean it's it's hard to envision um someone scoring three straight times just so it's like oh my god these teams you know they're both really good no one's gonna score three straight times but the thing is it does happen way more often than not in, in the average nfl game and people get stuck on that, and they see the plus price on the no, and and they want they think they're getting a bargain on the no, so they're they're betting that. But um, I always bet the yes just because when you look at the at the sheer amount of times that it happens. But if you think about it this way, I mean the best way I'd like to describe it is someone needs to score once, and you know you, someone has to score. You can't just like and once they do, they just need two more scores. So when you think about it from that way, from that angle, like someone scores, they just need two more to cash that prop. It, it makes it a little bit easier to stomach. Um, you see some some varying prices on this as well. I've seen like FanDuel was sitting the yes was sitting at minus two twenty five, but I'm seeing at least one offshore uh, today on Friday offering minus one seventy, and you can almost even scalp that right now. Uh, but I do expect you know places like FanDuel and stuff to to move that yes down just because the public loves betting the no on that at the plus price. So I, I would love to see. I mean, last year I bet it at minus one sixty. It lost last year. Obviously, we didn't have much scoring at all last year, but um. But, yeah, we could see minus 160 on that. I think that's a great bet, especially in a game with a way higher uh, total. It just makes a lot of sense. And just some other stuff that I, I dug up for that article that I wrote. Um, dating back to 2003, the yes is cashed in 65% of playoff games in total and nearly 69% of playoff games with a total of 50 or higher like this one. And that that probability, implied probability there does translate to about minus 225 on the odds. So when you can find a minus 170 on this, you're getting a lot of, of value betting the yes on whether or not a team scores three straight times.
The second half being the highest scoring half, or higher scoring than the first half. This is one I'm starting to play every damn year now, it seems, as well. And you're starting to have to lay some vig on it. So the market is catching up to this. I'm seeing a, I think you can get a minus 150. I'm seeing a minus 165 right now on that. I think minus 165 or better is my go price. I've locked it in. But um, yeah, this one just makes sense for me every single year. I mean, when you, when you look at Super Bowl since 2000, the second half uh, is 14-4-1 versus the first half in terms of scoring. It makes sense when you consider the fact that you know, teams and players, they tend to come out a little more tight. It's the biggest game of their lives, and they're you know they're playing in front of the largest audience that they'll ever play in front of, and it's natural to come out a little flat. I mean, you, you see some guys, you, you hear about guys like not even remembering the first half, so um, it's or even like the start of the game. So it's you know teams tend to come out tight, a little more conservative, don't want to make that early mistake, but then I mean they're playing for literally everything in the second half. You tend to see the games open up, maybe the defenses get a little more tired. Um, that extra time in, in the locker room, too. I mean, it's it's during the halftime show. There might be a lot of reasons for it, but, like, teams have – I mean, you're playing for everything. You have to leave it all on the line. You're not waiting for next week. So you're more likely to be more aggressive, go for the big play um, in the second half, especially, you know, if one team's trying to play catch-up, more likely to get some shorter fields. So it makes sense for the second half to be higher scoring than the first half, and I'm, I'm betting that again this year. And also every year, I look to play the cheapest no overtime price that I can find. You could typically lay about minus 750, minus 800, have some value. Only one Super Bowl has gone to overtime just a few years ago, the, the Patriots game against the Falcons. When you look at the percentage of games that actually go to overtime and compare it to the price you're getting, uh, usually you're getting a bargain uh, betting the no, because it just dates back to what I was saying. on uh, the, the public betting the yes at the plus price it just opens up value on the no. Will there be an onside kick? I'm going no. This is courtesy. I, I didn't do the numbers on this myself. Courtesy of Rufus Peabody from his podcast because he dove into the data here. But um, finding the no at, at minus 280 or better, there's been 62 onside kicks this year with the new rules. And the rate in which onside kicks are recovered is so much lower now with those new rules. So teams are reluctant to even try them now. And this game, you know, obviously could feature one, especially towards the end of a team's playing catch-up. But... I feel like more often than not now, especially and the data does support this, but teams have been kicking away with, with timeouts in their pocket late in the game more than they have ever in the past just because of those new onside kick rules. So if you're willing to, you have to be willing to lose this bet, but I, I'm totally fine with uh, with laying the bigger price here that there will not be an onside kick uh, just because the math does check out. Total penalties under 13 and a half. Um, Super Bowls, especially lately, referees have been reluctant to throw the flags. I mean, look at last year's game. And I, I've heard that the NFL, I've heard through the grapevine here, the NFL sends out a memo to referees basically telling them to call a clean game, try to refrain from throwing out the laundry, you know, unless it's absolutely necessary. And I could see that happening again on Sunday. Um, the average number of penalties in Super Bowls over the past 10 years has been right around 11 and a half. So I think at 13 and a half, especially with no, you know, just normal VIG, uh, that's pretty, pretty good value in betting the under on penalties. On player props now, this one excites me because I, I love this player. He's, he's my favorite player on the field on Sunday. Uh, my fellow Hawkeye alum, George Kittle, tight end for the 49ers, over on his reception yards. It was it was at 67 and a half. It's ticked up. I'm seeing 74 and a half now, but that number's still fine. It really, had 75 and a half or better. That's still fine to to bet his over. Um, the fact that he his 
is uh, he's haven't he hasn't posted much in the playoffs. His first two playoff games, just because Garoppolo hasn't been throwing the ball. But I think that's what's helping open up value on Kittle. He is the number one option in that passing game, and as the the Niners do look to you know keep up with Mahomes and the Chiefs' passing attack, uh, you're going to get a lot of of Kittle on Sunday, I believe. And um, also look to get after Kittle props involving him. You know some of those alternate props, those newer ones like involving him scoring a touchdown and hitting over a certain amount of yards. I think. Saw him scoring a touchdown and hitting over 100 reception yards was somewhere in the neighborhood of like four to one, five to one. I think that's very solid value because you could totally see him finding the end zone. And uh, if he does, obviously there's a pretty good chance that he's gonna get quite a bit of yardage and, and vice versa as well. So, and I also like the over on Kittle receptions. So you'll probably have to bet it at six now, especially since it's later in the week. Could have had five and a half with a little extra juice, but I think that's fine if you can get. Kittle over six receptions at, at a six or better, minus 120 juice or better. I think that's that's a good look uh, on Sunday as well. <laughs> Mahomes under passing yards. Wait to bet this one. It's currently at, at three, I've seen like 309 and a half, 305 and a half. I've seen plus price at 305 and a half at one place. Uh, but expect this one to, to get north of 310. I think anything over 305 is okay, but... I'm waiting to bet this one, especially with all that public money coming in on the over in this one. I'll be the asshole betting the under. Uh, the Niners just don't surrender that many yards uh, too often. I think I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but it would be an anomaly for sure uh, for them. And I'm expecting the Niners to try and keep Mahomes off the field as much as they can. But I mean, he could still have a, a terrific game and and still go. You know, I, I feel like something like 150 yard, like passing yards on average the Niners have allowed. Um, to oh God, there's some subset there, but I don't I don't want to make shit up here. But it's it, it would ha- he would have to basically have more passing yards than the Niners have given up in the overwhelming majority of their games uh, to hit the over on this prop. And obviously, everybody and their uncle is going to want to bet the over here. You know, the reigning MVP over pass yards. So I'm going to be the contrarian here and take the under on Patrick Mahomes. And stay tuned on the the Doggy Juice Twitter. I'm going to. I'm going to look to post some more props as kickoff approaches on Sunday. And one of those may end up being Garoppolo under passing yards. It's already got pounded under, which makes sense. Could have, could have had mid-250s, but as of today, Friday, I'm seeing 239.5. Won't be surprised if, uh, if this ticks back up a bit, though, uh, in the high 240s. And if it does, I think that's going to be worth uh, a bet on the under there, too. All right, so that will do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Podcast. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. Be sure to check out all the awesome Super Bowl content that we have up at Bet Chicago Bet Indiana News, including a piece where uh, we asked uh, for over a dozen prominent odds makers to offer their predictions on the big game. During the actual Super Bowl itself, I'll be doing a a running in-game article grading Super Bowl prop bets as they occur during the game, so be sure to check out uh, that article and have that uh, on your feed uh, during the game on Sunday. And you can keep refreshing that. Would love all those clicks. So be definitely, uh, definitely be be on the lookout for that. I think it'll be really fun uh, to do as the game's going on and grade all the props. You can also see how your props are doing, um, you know, with that article as well. But um, I'll be back next week with a Super Bowl post mortem as we finally flip the page from a fun 2019-2020 football season. Then I'll have an Oscars preview ahead of next weekend's Academy Awards with my best friend Craig, who lives out in L.A. I'm going to bring him on again to kind of break down some of that um, on the Oscars. A lot of chalk this year on the main categories on the Oscars. It's kind of like a done deal. We already know who's going to win all the main awards. but So we'll try and dive a little more into those uh, those smaller markets, so to speak, in the Academy Awards. But 
Hope you all enjoy the game Sunday. Make sure you bet responsibly. Uh, remember, it's just one game, and money prints the same, whether or not it's a you know 10 o'clock p.m. Big West college basketball game or the damn Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, the money prints the same, so bet accordingly. Have fun, enjoy the game, and good luck with your bets. Doggy Juice out. <laughs>